Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. a show where we stack them up and knock them down. Sometimes they're on a top 40 list, sometimes they are not. This week, it is uh, top five songs with horrible stories. And this, now a long-distance dedication. This is uh, one of those that uh, uh, I was listening to the radio the other day, and I heard a song, and I was like, holy crap, this is a catchy song, but the story in, in it is just horrible. So uh, <laughs> that's that's what we're doing this week. And my my number five is it's kind of a weepy song, but it's it's kind of nice. But then when you really start listening to the words, Teen Angel is all about this car crash where the oh. guy is was um, moping yeah. over his dead girlfriend. And it's it's really nice. It's got a nice melody. But when you think about there's a dead girl that they're talking about, it's kind of horrible. I so, wonder if she's the girl who died at Dead Man's Curve. Might have been. There are so many of those. In fact, if you go on to Wikipedia... There is a list. There's got to be almost 200 songs about of them. dead teenage girls. No, if you do, uh, what is it called? Um, songs about car wrecks. Yeah. And there's at least oh, 200 wow. of them that are all about songs that um, wow. are inspired by or directly about someone who dies in the song. Oh, really? Oh, you know? Yeah, exactly. Once the automobile became part of the, like, once every American could own an automobile... Um, yeah, the, these songs suddenly sprung. Oh yeah, all you, over the place. If right? you look, because they there were start car about accidents. 1955 is about the oh, first wow. main song about it, and then they go all the way up through through modern day. But my number five, Teen Angel. <laughs> it's a great little yeah. song, but a terrible story. Yeah. Rodrigo, what do you have for number five? Uh, my number five is at number five because, uh, like, uh, Teen Angel is, is kind of the music to it is deceptive. And if you're not listening to it, uh, you're like, oh, this is like a, this little, like jaunty little song. Um, and it doesn't so much have a story as it just kind of repeats the same thing over and over, which is Annie Lennox, uh, walking on broken glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, again, not much of a story, right? But if right. you're like, do, 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 do. Do, do, and like, if you actually stop to listen to it, basically she just says over and over again, walking on broken glass. Mm -hmm. And if you start to think about what walking on broken glass feels like or might feel like if you've never done it, um, it, it just conjures up an image that doesn't really match up with the song. Unless you're thinking of the individual notes as chunks of glass that are falling for you from like your foot back onto right. the ground. That sounds painful, though. It does. It's it's rough. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what do you have for number five? My number five, like Rodrigo's, is a very upbeat, peppy, peppy tune. And it's remarkably recent for me. And I, I, you know, I, people who listen to the show, I want you guys to understand I'm not asking to be petted or given credit. I just want you to know that I do know that things happened after the turn of the century. It's a song mm -hmm. from 2010. 
by uh, an indie pop band called Foster the People, and it's very peppy and it's very do 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 do, and it's a song called Pumped Up Kicks. It's this nice indie garage band rock do 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 do, and the lyrics are about a young man who's going to shoot someone for wearing a particular pair of shoes. You better outrun my bullets. So you're singing along with this song, and I swear to you, I sang along with this song for months and months and months before I heard the word gun. Mm -hmm. And as I was listening, you know, the first time I remember being in the car with Sarah, who, by the way, I hate because she's the one who pointed out the word gun and Sarah ruins everything. But we're, we're just do, 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 gun. And I swear to you, there is nothing, there is no more buzzkill than thinking you're singing some peppy summer upbeat song when it's actually a song about, you know, mental illness and murder and, and just psychosis and mm -hmm. terrible things happening. Mm -hmm. But I still kind of love the song. I don't have it on my MP3 player. I don't seek it out. But if it is on the radio... I'll sit and listen and have my cognitive dissonance every time the hook comes around. But it's just one of those things where the story that it's telling is so disturbing and so different from the tune that you can't listen to that song once you've heard the lyrics and actually ever hear it the same way again. And what's the name of it? Pumped, Pumped Up, up kicks. kicks. Pumped Up Kicks. All right. Uh, my number four uh, Kenny Rogers, this oh. guy has got some, oh, some no. issues, I think, because no, no. there are two. Well, oh, technically, one of them is a Mel Tillis song, but Kenny Rogers is on this list twice for having very popular songs that are horrible. The first one is, and this is my number four, is the story about a young man named Tommy who is known throughout the county as as a coward. He's yella. Nobody, I mean, everybody picks on him. He gets no respect, anything at all. And then one night, uh, the, um, the Gatlin brothers, yes, the Gatlin brothers yep. came to Tommy's girl's friend's house and they gang rape her. And then Tommy stands up to them and uh, kills, kill, kills the Gatlin brothers. You could have heard a pin drop when Tommy stopped and blocked the door. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, I knew you were going there. And even, <laughs> even knowing that you were going there, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, a lot of people just, uh, kind of pass over this whole line about the Gatlin brothers came to ha uh, Becky's house and took turns at Becky and they don't realize that, oh yeah, he's talking about a gang rape. And, uh, then Tommy has to go and, uh, show that everyone that he's not the coward of the County. It's from 1979. Uh, yeah. it's Kenny Rogers coward of the County. And the, the, the implication is that he murders them all. Oh yeah. Terrible. No, he kills them all with, uh, he, with, with the extreme prejudice. Just, uh, but you know, you get to that hook. It's like, doo, 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 doo. Mm -hmm. everyone said he was the coward of the County. Yeah. Oh. No, not, not a, not a, not a great uh, story in there. Uh, Rodrigo, what, or let's see. Yeah. Rodrigo, what do you have for number four? Uh, my number four is a a song that is very catchy. It's relatively recent, um, and uh, a lot of people like it. But it, it, at first, it sounds like somebody's just complaining that someone else is being rude. But when you hear the lyrics, 
the the singer, the protagonist, is just comes across as like the whiniest baby in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this is rude by Magic. Um, you know that "Why You Gotta Be So Rude" song. Yeah. Um, and it's great because the line that follows is, "I'm gonna marry her anyway." And so it's like it's this story, and like he walks through it. Um, he's like, "Oh, I woke up early, and I like got dressed up, and I'm like I know you're old fashioned, so I came all the way to your house to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage." And then you said, "No, <laughs> he's so rude to me." Um, it, it's just terrible. Um, not uh, not Kenny Rogers terrible, but it's terrible. Um, <laughs> in its own kind of like uh like sucky entitled way um it's just like why why you gotta be so rude don't you know i'm human too i'm gonna marry her anyway oh yeah, it's just yeah. like why did you yeah. even ask the best part about the song though is that if you just take that opening uh verse mm-hmm. it really really sounds like a dude is going to ask another dude to marry him right. and i was like the first time i heard it i was like is this a gay song? Is this a gay song on top 40 radio? And it's like, oh, no, never mind. It's just a whiny guy crying about a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't heard that before. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Rude by Magic is my number four. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew, what do you have for your number four? My number four is a complicated song for me because, well, the 90s were good to me. And it's hard to look back at the 90s and really say to yourself, that sucked and sucked and sucked. And then it was like over. And I didn't necessarily hate the song when it came out. I mean, 1998 was a good year for me mostly. And the song was really nice. And it starts with this doom, do, 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 do. And the hook of the song closing time, every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. end. now this is a song that the story is not implicit in the lyrics necessarily but once you learn the story you will hate the band the song the writer and everyone who ever came near it you will hate mtv all the way back to downtown julie brown because this is apparently this song that sounds like this sweet love song about how you meet somebody at a bar and you go home it could be something but it's actually a song about how his girlfriend was very pregnant and he wanted his child to just get it over with and be born. So this song is actually about being born. And there's a line, this room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. And ooh. But more importantly, I sang along with this song thinking that I knew what it felt like. And this is why I will always tell you, ladies and gentlemen, friends, Romans, Rodrigo, never, ever ask anyone what their song is about. Oh, no, absolutely not. I Don't, loved it so much when I didn't know. <laughs> I, I I have a policy of not researching musicians at all in any way. Right. Because the moment that you find out that they are real people, everything gets ruined. Mm-hmm. And that they're real people whose metaphors are, are pretty dumb if you know what they actually say. When you can throw something like, there's a song that I love that is not on this list, and there's a line that I thought was, is it opiate, which I thought, oh, wow, he's talking about, you know, the nature of reality and making you feel like you're on drugs. The line is actually, is it over yet, which is some of the whiniest emo. Never mind. Never mind. 
another song, Breaking Benjamin, I Forgive You, Semisonic, I Do Not Forgive You for Closing Time, my number four, song that makes me sad now, but not in the way that they wanted me to be sad, more in a way that makes me want to, you know, just never, ever listen to music again. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, here's a catchy little ditty that everybody loves to sing during the the holiday season. (laughs) Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, the winter snow has fallen. You should just let me stay over here. And then you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of catchy until you realize that he's really trying to talk this girl into having sex with him. And she's like, "Ah, no, not really. I don't want to. And he's like, yeah, we're going to do this and I'm going to do these things. And um, maybe it's cold outside. This is the one that's been around since 19, I want to say 44. Uh, But uh, it just seems like in the last um, 10, 15 years or so, people have really started to say, wait a minute. What are they really saying in these lyrics? And I think that has to do with the uh, the re-release in, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Cheryl Crow's version? I forget which version it was, where people were finally like, hey, wait a minute. This the last isn't. version yeah. I heard was Lady Gaga. Well, maybe that's See, who this, it was. This song um, was like really dormant for a long time. It yeah. was like a a B-side of Christmas music. Mm -hmm. And sometime in the 2000s, it really kind of came back into vogue. And that's when it like really started uh, started getting everybody talking about it again. Yeah. uh, 94, there were a couple of, uh, I'm sorry, um, not 94, 99. Tom Jones uh, released a version that went up to number 17 on the UK singles chart. And almost Mm -hmm. every year after that, there is a version of that, including two in 2011 and four, one, two, three, yeah, four in 2014. See, this is a tough one, though, because it can be read as a woman who wants to engage her own sexual agency and is trying to make excuses for why she might, which is the way I prefer to think of it. She's not saying what's in this drink because he drugged her, yeah, but because she's trying to have an excuse to, you know, let him know, maybe I'm a little tipsy, maybe I'm totally maybe. into this. But it's it's a hard song to justify even on that level yeah yeah it's a hard read yeah i i agree i absolutely agree there's a there's a a read of this song in which she wants to stay he wants her to stay but society is telling her that like good girls don't do this right it's not right right for you to spend Um, the night at a man's house right but but yeah it can be very difficult uh for someone to be like you know this song's kind of iffy it's it's hard to be like no it's not yeah, no, you know that's, who that's I a problem about that's a problem with these songs when they're yeah. originally released and they're starting to come out. And this isn't a rock and roll song, you know, right? But uh, this is around the time where people are starting to say, hey, music is a bad influence on kids. And if they are too explicit in their lyrics, of course, they would get the the radio ban. And this seems mm-hmm. like a song that was maybe written with some hidden meaning in it so that the, 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 the older generation would go, Oh, this is such a nice little song. And look at how this, this man just wants to be safe. Uh, and then all the kids are like, Oh yeah, they're talking about getting it on. So yeah, yeah. this is, this is a safety first song. <laughs> yeah. right. I still make love sure the you wear your goggles. <laughs> An orange vest helps a lot. Stop it. <laughs> I love the Cecily Strong, Jimmy Fallon version that they did on Saturday Night Live a couple of years ago, where he convinces her to stay the night, and then she doesn't want to go, and he's trying to get her out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is terrible, but also really funny and turns the whole thing on his head. And weirdly, Cecily can sing. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Rodrigo, number three for you, please. 
number three for me is a song that isn't terrible in, in its story, but I get really hung up on one verse. Uh, it's Little Red Cor- Corvette by Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a song that is very clearly about a, a fast girl, right? A, a girl who sleeps with lo- a promiscuous girl. By the way, incidentally, not on my list, promiscuous girl. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a girl who, you know, is promiscuous. And uh, the, the, the voice in the story is like, oh, I don't know about this. This girl's kind of fast for me, you know? Um, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with a song about a fast girl. That's fine. My issue is that it talks about her per like a, she has like a purse full of horses, Trojans, some of them used. And I'm like, oh yeah, Trojans. That's her. Wait, she has like used Trojans in her purse, and then like later on, it's like what? she showed me a picture of all the jockeys that had. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to the used Trojans in her purse. Who keeps that? That's gross. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm just misinterpreting it, uh, but I've always felt that I'm like, this girl is not just promiscuous. Like, this girl might have an issue if she's keeping used condoms mm-hmm. in her purse. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of gross. It, and it's unsafe. It's uh, a biohazard. Safety first. <laughs> Matthew, what do you have for number three? Wow. <laughs> You guys are creepier than I am. I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. My number three actually starts the portion of the show that I like to call songs that I love so very, very much that you still have to admit fit in this category. Mm-hmm. My number three is a beautiful, beautiful song that I remember from my youth watching Channel 41 and occasionally having the break-ins for the KTEL Carnival of Sounds featuring the greatest hits of 1977 and such. And one of the songs that comes up, this is my revenge on Sarah because she hates it, is a beautiful song about a man living alone, haunted by the ghost of his girlfriend and her dead horse. It's a song called Wildfire by Michael Martin Murphy. And it really is this lyrical, beautiful, musical melody, just gorgeous. And he sings it so beautifully. But really what it comes down to is years ago, the only woman he ever loved ran out into a snowstorm after her horse. They both froze to death. Now he's old. He knows he's going to die. But he knows that the ghost of his dead girlfriend's dead ghost horse is going to come and take him off to the mountain together. And it's kind of a horrifying superhero origin story when you think about it. But it's a beautiful song. And as long as you don't sing the lyrics from top to bottom and piece that story together, ABC, you won't realize that this is a man looking forward to death and being carried away by his dead girlfriend. And I may have mentioned Ghost Horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wildfire. I think it's 1977. It is a just a beautiful song i recommend it to any and all it's in that vein of country but it's yeah. not a country country song and it's something that i will i do have this on my uh my uh mp3 player oh yeah and i will play it all the time yeah there's nothing wrong with having like these songs on your on your players or your uh eight tracks or whatever because that some of them are very catchy but it's you know, it's kind of the, the story behind him that if you're really not paying attention, just goes right by, including my number two. Mm. We've talked about it before. Marty Robbins, El Paso. It's a story about mm. a guy who rides into a border town, falls in love with this Mexican girl, and then he's so in love with her. These other guys try to chase him out of town. He gets shot and is killed. 
over the love of uh, of this girl. And it's it's incredibly sad, especially when you think that, hey, this guy's dead. How are we listening to his song? <laughs> Ghost song. You know, Ghost Wildfire song. brought it back from the beyond. Did yeah. it? Okay. Well, El yeah. Paso by Marty I Robbins. I wrote you an LP. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> There's a lot of those dead guy country songs, though, yeah, yeah. too. Those are, I love those. Yeah. So there you go. There is my number two. Rodrigo, what do you have? Uh, my number two is a song that is widely beloved by people, I think. Like, lots of people love it. Lots of people, like, like from what I understand, especially back in, like, the 80s when it came out. I think it came out in the 80s. Um, they had this as, like, their wedding song, like, their first dance and stuff. Every Breath You Take uh, by The Police. Mm-hmm. Which is a stalker oh, song. Right. It's a, like, it's, it's like just the like quintessential stalker song. Yeah. Sting has like straight up said, he's like, I don't know why people are so like romanticize the song so much. This is a song about a weirdo stalker. <laughs> and it is. If you listen to the lyrics, probably uh, most directly, uh, can't you see you belong to me? Yep. Um, it is weird. It's a weird song, but it's so pretty. Uh, so much so that Puff Daddy, uh, covered it sampled it hard to tell so, um who knows yeah i uh, know he had sting's permission sting made money off of that borrowed it uh, yeah um paid for the royalties really i think is what it comes down to but uh, you know it's uh, it's got a killer bass line um people are into it but it is a weird song about a weird stalker stalking somebody mm-hmm. every leaf you rake every herring you bake I'll be watching you. Yep. Oh, can't you see? You belong to me. Oh, creepy. Terror, Matthew, terror. What do you have for How number two? Poor heartaches. My number two is miraculously not only a song in the same sort of vein as my last entry, not only a song equally beautiful and equally beloved by me, but a song from the very same songwriter. Now, those of you who know Major Spoilers, uh, all of our wonderful podcasts, listen to them all because they're really, really good. Uh, some of them I'm in. I have a love of a particular band of the 1960s, a band that gets little respect, a band known as the Monkees. And the Monkees were known for being basically the origins of today's studio music sound, where they would hire the right people to write the songs, the right people to mix them, the right people to play the music. And... Michael Martin Murphy wrote a song for the monkeys called what am I doing hanging round? And it's this really nice kind of peppy upbeat song. And it's got Mike Nesmith on vocals and Nesmith doing some of his best work. But the story of the song is how years ago he went to Mexico and fell in love with a girl. Now he didn't die like a cowboy or have a car crash. He just slept with her, ditched her, never came back. So now years later, he regrets this and he keeps thinking how every time he hears that train whistle, he needs to get back on that train and go back to Mexico and see if she still loves him. And the answer is probably no, Mike. No, she doesn't because you <laughs> slept with her, you ditched her and that's not cool, but it's this beautiful song. I should be on the train and gone. And it's got these lovely harmonies and these long kind of ooh at the end, but what it really breaks down to is I was totally a jerk. 
I regret being a jerk. I wonder if she still loves me. No, Michael, she doesn't. She probably do. doesn't even remember you, Mike. Right? She's like moved on. She's got several kids. She's happy with her new husband and or wife. She we don't judge. condoms in her purse. Exactly. Yeah, I she mean, died, if that was a little red Corvette, the then like she definitely doesn't remember. Probably didn't remember him later on that night. That's true. She died in a in a snowstorm, and now she's writing <laughs> she her post for us. But <laughs> but nonetheless, it's a beautiful song. I love this song. I want you to go listen to it right now if you haven't heard it. If you have heard it, you know what I'm talking about, and you're going to listen to it anyway. You're going to go, oh, you're awesome. But nonetheless, what am I doing hanging around? My number two? Are we on number two? Yep, number two. Wow. Beautiful song, terrible story. All right, we are now up to our number one songs. And I did say that Kenny Rogers was on this list twice, and that brings us up to my number one. Really, it's a song by uh, Mel Tillis, and it's based on a true story. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and the, Please tell me it's not a true story. It is a true story. So Mel Tillis wrote this song about this couple that lived next door to him in Florida. The man was wounded in Germany during World War II, and he was recuperating in England, married this nurse who took care of him at the hospital. They then moved to Florida, but he had, I guess, some repercussions or something that kept sending him back to the hospital. And while he was in the hospital for like months at a time, she no. was going out with another guy. In, if I knew it was a real story, I would have never listened to it. Yeah. So the version that I'm talking about is the one that Kenny Rogers did in 69. This is probably more about the Korean War about a guy who's confined to a wheelchair because of his of his injuries. And he's sitting in the room while his wife is getting ready to go out on the town. And he's begging her, Ruby, don't take your love to town because he knows that she's going to cheat on him. It is the saddest story I've ever heard. It's so catchy. You know, Ruby, don't take your love to town. It's just it's so catchy. It's so good. But then when you really listen to it about this guy that's broken and the wife is openly cheating on him and he's pleading for her not to do it, it is so sad and thus becomes my number one song, Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town, performed by Kenny Rogers, written by Mel Tillis. There's a great Jerry Reed version out there that I recommend. Yeah, it's been it's been covered by a couple of different times. The Statler Brothers did it. Um Let's see. Didn't uh, they get killed in the previous song? <laughs> no, that was the Gatlin brothers. Oh, I always get them confused. Yeah. Uh, Waylon Jennings did it. As you said, Jerry Reed did. Cake did a version of it. And even Leonard Nimoy covered this song. Ah, on that same album that he did, Bilbo, Bilbo the Baggins. Greatest Little yes. Hobbit in that the been, That should have been the most horrible song of all time. No. Um, but no, that's my number one. Ruby, don't take your love to town. Which brings us to you, Rodrigo, and your number one. Uh, my number one is a song that I came across kind of accidentally while I was doing research for something else entirely um, a few years ago. Uh, it is a song that a lot of people love, but a lot of people don't know the lyrics to because it's the theme song for a popular television style show from back when I wasn't even around yet, um, I think. Um, and that's the theme song from M.A.S.H., which, as you guys know, the title of it is Suicide is Painless. Yeah, correct. Uh, uh, if you've ever watched MASH, there's like, oh, a helicopter comes down and everybody runs out and helps a guy out of the helicopter, right? And it's like, and that's the song. Um, but if you listen to the actual lyrics, it is the saddest, 
mopiest, most terrible, probably in a good way, song that I've ever heard. Like this song actively depressed me when I first encountered it. Um, and that's the real amazing thing about it, right? It's like, if you think about MASH, MASH always had this kind of bittersweet quality to it. Um, and the song helped, but it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and people associate the intro to the song with this mm-hmm. comedy, but there's nothing funny about this song. Look it up. Listen to it. It is mm-hmm. a sad, sad song. Ugh. Yeah, it is. I used to play that a lot on my trumpet when I was in uh, middle school. It's <laughs> it's it's a really pretty song. It is. I mean, it is. it's you know, like it has a, a scary message, mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. but musically, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the movie, the reason it's there is it's it's the soundtrack for a scene where a character kills himself. Because he thinks he's impotent, but it turns out he doesn't really kill himself because the wacky meatball surgeons trick him into thinking he's killed himself and then wakes him up with a pretty girl and everything is fine. But it's just a horrible story. Yeah. But as most of the original MASH novel and movie were, to be frank. But what are you going to do? Sure. Yep. To be frank, Burns. Yeah. (laughs) Matthew, what do you have for number one? Ah, my number one. It is a wonderful wonderful song perhaps the funniest experience of my life comes from this song because uh as you know i had a kid uh that's not because of this song but hey go with it my kid and i uh to a lot of music together and the first time we heard this song we heard it together she just kept yelling oh my god what is this oh my god now uh, those of you who are familiar with weird al yankovic knows that his shtick is basically parodying popular music as close as possible. In the case of this parody, thankfully, he did not go nuts because the original song or opera or story is apparently like 90 minutes long. Uh, it's, a, it's a song rock opera ongoing psychosis called Trapped in the Closet by R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. yep. And Al did a parody version of Trapped in the Closet called trapped in the drive through it is like nine and a half minutes long so thankfully it's not the longest song you will ever hear on this particular subject but it also has this same sort of hypnotic beat to it where he's telling the story of how he came home and his wife was bored and they decided they needed to get something to eat and the back and forth conversation between them and then he opened up the car doors then they got into the car doors then they put the car and the put the key in the ignition. Then he turned it sideways. Just this long and involved story of getting to the drive-through, finding out that the drive-through people don't have what he wants, changing the order, realizing that he doesn't have his wallet. Oh, I may have spoiled something. But as the song goes on and on and on, you're like, you really get invested in this. And it turns out the upshot. And if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen. Just switch off right now. The upshot is the final line of the song. Yeah. They forgot the onions. So you have just spent 11 minutes of your life listening to this shaggy dog story about how Al got a burger that didn't have the onions that he wanted. But if you've ever seen or heard the original material, it's really, really 
high fidelity parody. It has the same sort of breakdown. It tells the story with the same sort of rhythm. It's really beautiful. It's really cool. But don't listen to the story because it'll just make you want to kill somebody. You'll get to the end of that and it'll be like the first time your uncle said, and the dog had a brick in his mouth. And if your uncle never told you that, you're one of the lucky ones. That's why my number one, Trapped in the Drive-Thru from Straight Outta Linwood, which may be Al's greatest work of 2006. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our top five songs that have horrible stories to them. They forgot the onions. Uh, yes, that's, boy, can't tell you how many times I've cried over the, those missing onions. That's all right. Ruby will be here on her ghost tour, oh, so we can order no. extra onions. Not Ruby. Listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com. In the comments section, we want to hear your favorite songs that have horrible stories behind them. Maybe it's Detroit Rock City, which is all about a fan who dies on the way to a Kiss concert. Might be Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. Who knows? That's what the comments Phantom section is Phantom 309, for. the story of a ghost trucker yeah. who died in a fire to save the lives of other people. Yep, exactly. And just 99 red balloons. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Or as they say in the German, nine and nine Sikluft balloons. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's true either. No. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for downloading and listening and sharing the Help good word out, about Fabian. major spoilers. And, right in. Tell us. And uh, and all of our patrons and VIP members, if you would like to see this show continue and you want to hear more of Top 5, then do head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Find out what we have to offer you because there's a lot of bonus stuff for your monthly contribution or your monthly pledge, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, something as little as two bucks a month, a dollar per episode for this for top five. Uh, that would keep us going well into the future. Yeah, two bucks from all of you would take us far, far, far into the future. You can help out by heading over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Thank you so much for checking out the top five and we will see you next time. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.